In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Recently, there has been a lot of talk about the yips and the twisties. Now, what are the yips? The yips are the sudden inability to perform a, a tried-and-true athletic move, like a putt or a pitch, or in Olympic gymnast Simon Biles' famous case, it's called the twisties. And the Washington Post reporter said this, when gymnasts have the twisties, they lose control of their bodies as they spin through the air. And after experiencing the twisties once, it's very difficult to forget. Instinct gets replaced by thought. Thought quickly leads to worry. Worry is difficult to escape. Now, you know that Biles has been the subject of intense scrutiny, everybody offering an opinion uh, on her situation. She herself, Biles herself, said, it was something that was so out of my control. We're not just entertainment, we're humans. And there are things going on behind the scenes that we're also trying to juggle as well on top of sports. And as I said, a lot of people have a lot to say about the yips or people with the yips, um, people with the twisties, or some of their issues that seem to reside between the ears. You know, buck up, muscle through, get over it, just deal with it. Um, you don't have a physical injury, so just, just, just get on with it. A lot of judgment there. But here's the thing. The yips and the twisties aren't just athletic problems. They are human problems. Yips and twisties are just names for whatever it is that you can't control. Instinct gets replaced by thought. Thought quickly leads to worry. Worry is difficult to escape. Doesn't that sound familiar? Uh, I had a friend who couldn't drive over bridges. She would drive an extra 200 miles uh, to avoid a 200-yard bridge. I myself have extreme difficulty going into cluttered antique and secondhand stores. They make me claustrophobic. They're the kind of stores that uh, my wife likes to go in. I want to smash all the bric-a-brac up when I go in there with a baseball bat. I, it's uncontrollable for me. Consequently, I spend a lot of time uh, in my car waiting, checking my phone about things. What about you, though? What are your yips? What are your twisties? What can't you control in your life? You know, sometimes I like to imagine church where we're just all honest and upfront with each other about all of our yips and all of our twisties. You know, what if we had a giant whiteboard um, set up in the back of the church in the narthex where when you come in, you, you take the pen and you just write all of your yips and all of your twisties down on the whiteboard and you put your name right by it? Or what if during the confession of sin, when we stopped at the things done and left undone part, um, I just said, all right, we're going to stop there. Out loud examples, please. Everybody just say what those things are personally for you. And if we were all honest with each other, which of course we would never be, well, I doubt there would be anybody left to throw a stone across a pew. Now, in his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul offers a different way to deal with the yips and the twisties and the concomitant judgment all around. 
judgment of ourselves, judgment of others. He says, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now, the summer seems to be wedding season, weddings that are um, now able to happen uh, after the pandemic restrictions have lifted, if they, in fact, will lift for us, as well as round two weddings from last summer, the under 10 gatherings that now are over 300 renewal of vows. Now, if you happen to go to a non-traditional wedding, and there are more and more of them, uh, maybe officiated by like a universal life minister or a, a friend deputized for the day, you're likely to hear the couple talk about sharing a great adventure together. You know, they're on the cusp of that. Or challenging, challenging each other to bring out the best in each partner. Or you know, really relying on the love that they feel deep in their hearts for one another. And that's okay. But weddings at Christ Church tend to take a much less sanguine view of human nature. In fact, a much more biblical view. Now, we talk about the inherent di- difficulty here at our weddings in two people riddled with yips and twisties, etc., vowing to truly love one another until death do them part. What a thing. And to that end, we talk about the need for radical acceptance of one another, accepting all the flaws, all the flaws in your spouse. Realizing that the things in him you want to change are probably not going to change. Realizing that the things in her you don't want to change will probably change, even though you don't want them to. But then we dive deeper than radical acceptance. Acceptance you might hear about at a universal life wedding but you probably won't hear about forgiveness, at least not in the way that we talk about it, and not in the way that St. Paul talks about it in our Ephesians reading. Because in order to really accept another person, you have to forgive them. And I'm not just talking about forgiving them for leaving the toilet seat up, or even running up the credit card, or even an act of unfaithfulness, which of course requires forgiveness. But the forgiveness that the Bible talks about, the forgiveness that we talk about, is forgiving the other person for being another person. In other words, for not being you, for having their own unique set of yips and twisties, the things that they just can't control. Forgiving the other for being male. Forgiving the other for being female. Ultimately, forgiving the other for being human. Now, that doesn't sound very sort of bride's big day like, does it? It's not very romantic. However, you would be surprised at how many people 
when they're about two drinks in at the reception, will come up to us and ask how we got into their bedrooms. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Well, I've just been talking about marriage, but of course Paul isn't talking about marriage here. He's talking about any relationship. Parents and children, siblings, roommates, workmates, neighbors, even enemies. In fact, according to Jesus, especially enemies. Now, you might ask, how the heck is it possible to do all this forgiving? especially when there is real hurt involved and real offense. Well, I'm not going to pretend that I have the key to wrap up everything in a neat bow, but what I know is this. What I will say is this. When real forgiveness happens, it happens when the last part of Paul's sentence is truly taken to heart to make it a tender heart. Forgiving one another as Christ and God in Christ has forgiven you. All those yips, all those twisties you put up on the whiteboard, well, you know what? They're erased. All those sins, even the deep and dark ones you called out during the confession, well, not only does not God not keep track of them, he can't even remember them, is what the Scripture says. And why is that? Well, Paul concludes the passage and tells us why. That on the cross, Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. Amen.